G'day. It's good to be here. I'm an old Adelaide boy, so uh, we just drove from the airport through uh, Glenelg, Brighton. I was born in Glenelg, and we drove through uh, Brighton and Seacliff, and I've lived all along there and different locations, so it was very nostalgic for me. And uh, we lived in Adelaide again for a season together with our kids, and uh, back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, and we raised a bunch of kiddies out in the hills, and so we're going out to have a couple of days holiday after today, uh, down Victor Harbour Way, Goorwa, just to get away and turn our phones off and, and uh, have a well-needed holiday, so we're kind of at the end of a really, really busy September, this has just been a, I think it's been the busiest season of my life, I've literally have um, spoken 30, this is my 33rd teaching session in September, isn't that awful? I've never done that before. It just turned out that way that uh, September turned out to be an unusually busy season with our own school and, and so on. Um, this is my beautiful wife, Maria, and uh, we're going to just uh, share a couple of stories with you. I'll tell you, uh, just to give you a bit of background before we share these stories, uh, one of the reasons we're down here, well, actually the primary reason we're actually in Adelaide is because uh, we've been on this crazy journey uh, we, we're from Byron Bay, and uh, we, we've um, developed this ministry into New Age festivals. And so we, we travel around to all the major New Age festivals in Brisbane, Sydney, and in Melbourne. And we've been doing that since 2006, and I think we've done you know, well over 20 different festivals. And what we do is we take the healing power of Jesus into the festivals. And uh, it's pretty exciting stuff. And we've just been developing this model of how to get in there sort of under the radar uh, in order to be able to have a, a major impact into uh, the New Age community. Because I'm, I'm a former New Ager. I came out of the New Age back in the late 70s when I came to Christ. And, and so I've always had a real heart to go back into New Age culture and, and reach New Age folk for Jesus. And so what the Lord has led us to do is to go in and set up a booth in the festival. And we uh, offer four different modalities we call them, uh, supernatural healing, dream interpretation, spiritual blessing, and uh, supernatural encounters. And uh, so uh, we, it keeps us pretty busy in a New Age festival because that kind of ticks all their boxes. And uh, so what we do is we, we go into the festival, set up a booth in there. There's normally, you know, two to three hundred different booths in the festival. So it's like a trade show, you know, up and down the aisles and just everyone's in there. Some people are just selling, you know, vegetable juices and teas and other people are doing like hardcore channeling, you know, new age spirits and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. And other people are into, you know, clairvoyance and medium stuff and, and, and communicating messages from dead loved ones and that kind of weird stuff. So yeah, there's a lot going on in there spiritually. But uh, our booth is just an absolute hothouse of the glory of God. It's incredible what God does in there. Every festival now we see an average of about 400 healings. And we, and we only count the ones where the person gets healed on the spot. So there's lots of conditions that people say, well, I won't know until, you know, next month or, you know, I won't know until, you know, when I get out of bed tomorrow morning, when, you know, or, or this condition in my knee, it comes, it goes, you know, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not there. So we only count the ones that, that are healed on the spot. And so we see about 400 healings. We also uh, have, a, have the privilege of getting up on the main stage in the festival and releasing music. And Maria's part of the, the music team. Um, 
aka worship team. We, uh, uh, we, <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of, it, it's really just new age friendly, ambient worship style music uh, that's very low key. But I tell you what, it just releases the glory of God. The Lord is just so faithful to come on what the musicians do and just release this atmosphere of deep shalom peace. And people just just drink it in, you know. Like there's a lot of thirsty people there. And a lot of needy people. I think one of the things about the, the New Age Festival is that people go because they know they have needs. They want to get that need, that spiritual need met. And um, so anyway, we, when we first started going to the festival, we used to get 30 minutes on the main stage. Now we get one and a half to two hours every day in the festival. We're the only ones who get that. We get, um, everyone else gets a maximum of 30 minutes in the festival, in the, on, the, on stage. And we, we started with 30, but they liked what we did so much that they upgraded us. I'll let Maria tell you a little bit about um, what we do on the stage. And then maybe you could share some stories um, about what we do uh, in the booth as well. Yeah, it's a blast. We just have so much fun. We've just stumbled into this thing. We didn't actually, like, dream it up. God just sort of served it to us on a platter, and the, the, the servings just get bigger each time. So we're just taking what's given to us. And I think it's just when you step forward, the Lord just opens the doors. You know, when you say, Lord, I'm willing to go into the darkness, we're not afraid of the of what's going on there. And I've been able to develop um, a lot of friendships with um, clairvoyants, psychics, witches and the like. And they're my friends and we catch up when we're in the festivals and we're developing a, a little community within a community. So it's a bit of a wheel within a wheel thing, except it's out there. So <laughs> it's fun. Um, one of the things on the stage is we um, have a little team that we've put together and we really actually don't know what we're doing at all and um, we just asked the Lord to start giving us songs that would be applicable and he just started downloading some songs in fact the very first album that we did we only had two songs when we went into the studio and we literally wrote all the songs in the studio and then recorded them and then just decided that they were good enough to take out there so like you know they're very basic but it seems to work and God just anoints the heart because the glory comes through the heart and that's why your heart is so precious and um, their hearts are so precious and we go in to value their hearts. We don't obviously endorse what they're on about but we value them as beautiful children of God and look for the treasure within them and it's just an absolute privilege, privilege to partner with God in doing that. Um, we have fun all the time. One of the things we do when we first get up on the stage before we start to release the worship is we blow a conch which is just so loud you could not believe how loud that thing is and I tell you it just cracks something in the spirit it's like that it's just just straight out and then we begin to just um, worship and then after that we do the healing and we release some words of knowledge and then we at the end we finish with a fire tunnel so it's just like church really so Yeah, we call out the words of knowledge. We have a roving mic at the end of the tunnel. I stand at the end of the tunnel and I just start going, oh, wow, so your neck got healed? We just had a neck healed and we just like decree it out. And you can hear it over all the festival. People just know that God is moving. Yeah, we had, was it 100 in the fire tunnel in, uh, in June? 
in Melbourne two years ago. We had 100 people healed in a fire tunnel. That's the most we've ever had. They queued out, down, around. I mean, it was longer than the church fire tunnel. Seriously, it was so long. I was just looking at it thinking, God, you're going to have to do a quick work here. It's like a car wash, you know. But... (laughs) One of my favourite stories is um, a woman that I've got to know really well. She's a Reiki master. She came up to me um, in the Sydney Festival last time. We do five festivals a year, so I never remember which festivals, which which stories from where. So, I'll, yeah, whatever. So it was at a festival <laughs> recently, and um, she came up to me and she said, "I don't know what it is you people do, but when you're up there, I can't I can't move in my power." And I said, "I'm sorry." <laughs> sort of. (laughs) And she said to me, she said, do you have any idea what you're doing? And I said, yes. (laughs) Said, we are channeling the spirit of Christ. And it's just love that you're feeling that hits you. She said, I know every time it happens, I have to just stop and cry because something overwhelms my heart and I just stand there and I weep. And so I said, can I just give you a hug? And she's like, yes. And then we just had a lovely time together. and, And they really just love us and we love them so it's just a really nice wonderful thing to get out there and just love people isn't it what the world needs now is love sweet love that's all they need you know to just go out and love people just is everything um yeah it's great to see healings we've had so many incredible miraculous healings we've had um people who've been in motorbike accidents for you know you know years past um endured injuries one guy came in and he had like metal all in his knee and um in this bone here whatever that one's called that one femur never remember that bone name and that was all smashed and he had a big piece of metal in there and it literally you could feel it the whole thing was removed God took the metal out of his leg and gave him a new kneecap. And he, he kind of had this, like, you know when people have that, they can't walk properly, right? He had this kind of weird walk. He came in like this and he left walking normally with a completely new leg. A completely new leg. Hello. <laughs> um, it's just amazing. We've had um, instances of glass being removed from people's feet. I know some people may have heard that testimony. Do you want to share that one? Okay. Um, Another really amazing thing that happens is that actually God does deliverance on people Mm -hmm. before they're not even Christians. Okay. So that might mess up your theology. Um, Tough luck. I'm not God. He does it. He turns up. Sometimes there are spirits connected to sickness and, you know, we're not responsible if we're praying for healing if something like that happens. So we had a situation in the Melbourne Festival um, just a few weeks back and this woman had a condition in her spine and it was really chronic. And so two of our team members put their hand on her back. They started addressing the condition within the back and they literally felt what felt like a snake moving around her spine, which there is a modality in, in New Age circles that invokes that spirit to wrap around the spine won't go into that now but some of you probably know what that is and um she went through a deliverance she started coughing up a spirit straight straight away it went from her back into her mouth and she went through a massive deliverance she was more shocked than anybody um and she was completely healed of that back condition so come on jesus is that exciting (laughs) so yeah we've been having a lot of fun um we could talk about this for hours. 
and often do. <laughs> I'll share one quick story, just a really amazing story that happened. Um, it was one of our earlier festivals, probably around about 2008, 2009, and this dear uh, lady who was probably over 80 years old was hobbling through the festival past our booth and she wasn't putting her foot on the, uh, her, the front of her foot on the ground. So she's just doing her heel and she's just kind of like that, walking through the festival. And one of our girls, who's we have some folk on the, uh, the front of our booth handing out little leaflets and encouraging people to come in and get healed. And she said, hey, you look like you need healing. And she said, well, actually, I do. I, I um, was walking barefoot on my uh, driveway and I trod on a piece of glass and it turned out to be like a three mil by three mil windshield, shattered windshield glass, you know. Um, and, and, and her little feet were like baby's feet underneath. I mean, she wasn't accustomed to walking out on, you know, pavement. And this piece of glass went right inside her foot. And uh, it was pretty heavy, actually. It was like, you know, it went in. And then the skin almost closed over again. It was blood, of course. And, and, and so she went to the doctor, and the doctor did an X-shaped incision and opened up the four little flaps. I hope this is too, isn't too graphic for you. But that's what you've got to do if you're going to go in there and get it out with a pair of tweezers and everything. So he went in to get it out, and he found that it was sitting around a cluster of some nerves. And he was quite worried that if, it, if he tried to remove it from where it was, because it kind of lodged in there, and uh, it, that it could sever nerves. And, and so anyway, for some reason, I don't understand why, he, he said, what we're going to do is we're going to sew your foot back up and bandage it, and let's hope that, you know, just in the next week or two, nature starts to sort of, you know, push the thing out a little bit, and we're going to try and get it out in another couple of weeks' time. I don't understand why that was, but he left the piece of glass in her foot, stitched her foot back up, so there you go, a little X-shaped incision with stitches. And so she's wearing a shoe, um, but inside the shoe there's bandage and dressing and everything. And so this girl goes, well, I believe that, that uh, God can remove that piece of glass from your foot. And she said, really, dear? And so she said, well, just look, sit down here, because we couldn't get her into the booth because we were packed out at the time. And so we just sat her on one of the chairs at the front. And Stephanie, this girl, gets down on her hands and knees, puts her hand on the shoe and says, I command this piece of glass to come out of your foot in the name of Christ. Because we've been seeing metal getting dissolved. We thought, well, God can dissolve metal, he can dissolve glass. And so she commanded the piece of glass to come out of her foot. The crazy thing was, though, the piece of glass suddenly just appeared next to her shoe. And so she picks up the piece of glass and says, is this your piece of glass? And the woman goes... I saw it in the x-ray, that's it, this little cube of, of shattered wind, uh, windshield glass. And, and, and she's like, would you take your shoe off? Let's take your shoe off and let's see what's going on. She takes the shoe off, she takes the bandage off, she takes the dressing off. A crowd gathers around because she, you can hear all this sort of, oh my gosh, you know, everyone's freaking out. And, and so she takes the, the dressing off, lifts her foot up and the stitches had disappeared. And all that was left was a little grey blister and she presses on it and she goes, it's not in there. <laughs> She's holding it in her hand. And uh, so she got completely healed. And that, I think that's an amazing story. That is just an absolutely amazing story. Yes. And that wasn't the end of the story because she was from Orange and she went back to Orange and 
outside New South, uh, outside uh, Sydney, and she brought her new age friends to the next festival. And as, no, as well as uh, up to Byron as well. There's two different instances. She tracked us down, came all the way to Byron Bay to our healing room and uh, brought some friends with her. Then she brought some friends with her. She's telling everybody the story. You can imagine, dear little lady, she's telling everybody the story. And uh, so she brings a group of people to the festival. And this lady, um, two, one woman on each side of her, and we're on the main stage, and, and I get two words of knowledge. One was for a frozen shoulder. It was one of her friends. Now, I just said, now I just release the healing energy of Christ into your shoulder, right where you're sitting right now. Just receive that energy. And she couldn't move her arm at all. And she went like that. She went, oh my gosh, I can move my arm. But that's as far as she could get it. So I reached that point and it was really sore. And so I just said, well, we just speak completion to that healing in the name of Christ. And she was completely, instantly healed in front of everybody. Now, that was cool. Then the next word was for a a deaf left eardrum. That was her other friend. (laughs) And guess what? She got healed as well. Um, We went up getting our team to come and they put their hand on her ear and her ear popped open and they're like, can you hear me now? Yes. Can you hear me now? Yes. Can you hear me now? All the way back and she just kept hearing Every step back, that she could still hear. Her ear was completely healed. Absolutely amazing. So we see, you know, there's, there's some of the more, more spectacular healings, but we see those kinds of things happening all the time. Deaf ears opening, people with really terrible eyesight. Maria had this one uh, lady who couldn't, everything was blurry, couldn't even read. And she laid hands on her, pardon? 90% blind. In, in, and she placed her hands on her eyes. This woman could read the fine print in the back of this book that she had with her. Maria couldn't even read the fine print. This woman's reading the fine print. So she got totally healed. Actually, last, Mel- last festival we did in Melbourne, which was last uh, June, I put my hand on this guy's eye because he said, this eye doesn't work. He said, just in the last few months, all I can see are squealy lines that way, squealy lines that way, and there's no vision out of the eye. So I put my hand on his eye and I commanded his eye to be healed in the name of Christ, took my hand away... And it was 50% healed. And he was astonished. He was like, what the heck? I can, I can see out of the eye. But he said, there's still some squiggly lines. So I put my hand on his eye a second time. And that time he got completely healed. Absolutely astonished. And he gave his life to the Lord. So that was really cool. So we do get to lead people to the Lord, which is good. One more quick story, just because I'm having fun telling these stories. Because they're so cool. Uh, this lady walked past our booth. Again, we couldn't get her into the booth because it was too busy. Uh, she had been in a, 20, a, a car accident 27 years ago and had horrific pain all through her neck, her spine, her shoulders, and you know, all down her back. And she was in agony. She was in serious pain. And um, she got hit with the power of God so powerfully by the girl who was on the front desk that she collapsed under the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is a festival where there's thousands of people coming to these festivals. And her eyelids were, were like that, just, you know, and you could see the white of her eye and her eyelids would roll back. People thought she was having a seizure. And so they called the paramedics and, and we no, no, it's okay, it's okay. And no one believed us. They all thought we were idiots. They thought we were delusional and she was in trouble and she was having some kind of seizure and we were being too nonchalant about the whole thing. So the paramedic guy comes in, he's got his little his kit and everything. And as he arrives, 
there's a huge crowd that's gathered around. Everyone's freaking out. Give her air. This one guy took authority, some random guy. Everybody step back. Give her room. Give her room to breathe. Step back, everybody. The paramedic's coming. And he, was, he just took, I don't know who he was, took control of the situation. And he's t- treating it like, you know, a seizure or a heart attack or something. And as the paramedic arrives, she sits up. The woman sits up. And she goes, in front of a crowd. God drew the crowd. She's like, I'm completely healed. There's no pain in my body. She said, I had a car accident 27 years ago and I've been in severe pain ever since. And so she was completely healed and then she came into the booth and I got to lead her to the Lord, which was really cool. And uh, yeah, Lord. So we are very privileged to be doing what we're doing. We love doing what we do. And uh, as I mentioned to you, I am down here this weekend because I'm speaking in uh, one of these festivals at the Adelaide Showground. And uh, I, I'm, a le- I'm a speaker and uh, I do a seminar every, or even a couple of seminars per festival. And I speak on the subject of quantum physics and the supernatural. And uh, I wrote a book a couple of years ago. Um, this is it here. It's called Quantum Glory, the Science of Heaven Invading Earth forwarded by Bill Johnson and Roland Baker, which was really nice. And um, that book is about um, the quantum physical realm. I spent four years writing it. And so it's all about uh, the revelation of what quantum physics is all about, which is anybody interested in quantum physics here, by the way? It is absolutely mind-blowing. I spent, I, Maria knows, I, I just got lost in the whole thing. Four years, any free time I had, I was researching, studying, and uh, Bill and Benny Johnson were strongly encouraging me to turn my research into a book. So I wound up writing the book. And um, in, in the journey, God showed me the, this incredible intersection between the glory realm of heaven and the quantum physical world, which is actually what our world is made of. Everything that is in this material world is uh, made up of quantum particles, which are subatomic particles, little quantities of, of energy. And... Uh, And so there is an incredible relationship. You'd have to read the book to find out about it. But there is an incredible relationship between the quantum physical world and the the glory of God that invades this physical world to affect miracles. Every miracle that ever takes place is a quantum miracle because it it brings a, a rearrangement of the quantum field. So, for example, a new eyeball. Jesus stuck a new eyeball or a couple of new eyeballs in this guy, right? And now if you could see that under massive magnification, you know, Jesus worked in the field of materializing and dematerializing reality. Um, You know, calling those things that are not as though they are, that's bringing new realities into existence, and say to this mountain, be removed, is dematerializing. So when you think about all the miracles of Jesus, a lot of what he was doing was materializing new realities and dematerializing old realities. And that is now the language that quantum physicists use because in the quantum world, there is this phenomena of of quantum particles materializing, dematerializing, uh, bilocating, turning up in other locations and some really bizarre things. And so um, I use this language when I go into the festivals and... and, uh, my, my seminars are really a lot of fun because um, I'm, you know, I, I talk about the healing energy of Christ. I talk about what we do in the festivals. And then once I finish talking about quantum physics for a while, I then do a demonstration of the supernatural. 
And uh, because it is quantum physics and the supernatural. And I said, now who here is a skeptic? And there's always a few skeptics in the crowd. I said, who believes in the, in the supernatural? And all these people put their hand up. Because, you know, new age people are very awakened to the supernatural. That's what they're all about, really. They're all about the supernatural. And so we want to demonstrate the supernatural. And I said, so who here has pain in their neck right now? And uh, we have people who come out the front and... Uh, We've had some amazing healings. In fact, uh, the last three times I've done this, every single person who came out for healing was instantly healed by the power of God in front of everybody. So they were public miracles in front of all of these people. And uh, this one lady uh, had a really serious neck injury. Uh, Actually, she'd been in a car accident nearly 40 years ago where she drove off the edge of a cliff, probably not on purpose, but she ended up down the bottom of the cliff and survived. And she was in racking pain all through her body and her neck was completely seized. So to turn, she would have to go like that. So there was no movement whatsoever, nor had there been ever since this accident, so like 37 years ago. And I put my hand on her neck. She got instantly healed by the power of God, instantly. And she started moving her neck. And she's like, I haven't been able to do this since the accident. And I said, well, try up and down. And she's like, oh, this is incredible. She said, this is amazing. And then she goes, I can't do that. She said, that arm has been locked. And I haven't been able to lift it up since the accident. So she was really quite crippled by this accident. And she was putting her hand in the air like that, completely and totally healed. Every single person that came, we did, I did two seminars in Sydney. And... Um, Every single person was healed. It's absolutely incredible. So, you know, God loves to turn on the, the supernatural power of God out in the marketplace. That's what we've discovered. He just turns it on in a, in a powerful way. So I want to encourage you, uh, step out in healing out in the marketplace. Just go for it. And uh, all we need to do is cross that line where often there's that intimidation and fear. But if we cross that invisible line, actually Kevin Dedman calls it the chicken line. Um, <laughs> He's written a book uh, recently, and uh, <laughs> he talks about crossing the chicken line. And sometimes we've just got to take that step, don't we? We've just got to step out in faith, and so many times we see God just turn up with incredible power. So, Lord, I just pray you'd encourage people's hearts through that, and that you would uh, stir people to be out in the marketplace, releasing the healing power of Jesus, because that's what you want us to do. That's what you want your people to be doing, releasing the healing power of Jesus. Amen. All right. Eventually, I'm going to get to share a short message. Um, I've got two books that I've just released. Um, first one's called The Knowledge of the Heart, and the second one's called The New Creation Miracle. And it's, a, it's volume one and volume two of a four-volume series called The Supernatural Transformation Series. And uh, Randy Clark very generously gave a very... Uh, big foreword for the book and basically what the books are about um, introducing people to an understanding of what Jesus was looking for when he taught on the heart he taught extensively on the heart and he was looking for a heart revolution amongst his people of course religion comes and destroys that because religion is focused on outward appearance so therefore it's performance based and it robs us of, of the, uh, the, the actual journey of the heart that God wants us to be on because he's focused on our hearts. You know, he doesn't look on outward appearance. As man looks, God looks upon the heart. 
And so he's looking for, you know, the Lord is looking for a radical heart revolution where people are on a crazy heart transformation journey of, um, I guess probably the best way to define it is out of that old orphan heart and into the new heart of sonship and and daughtership and everything that that means because that means a heck of a lot for us to step into uh, the fullness of our identity as sons and daughters is a really really big deal and it's going to have profound implications because so much of our behavior is orphan behavior so much of our thinking is orphan thinking and God wants to just systematically free us from all of that and of course that comes through him uh, revealing himself to us as our father in heaven and bringing incredible healing through his love into people's hearts. So we get free of all of that orphan stuff and we can step into the fullness of our identity as sons and daughters. And uh, we're actually running an event on the Gold Coast called The Heart Revolution with Charles Stock. Now, you've had Charles Stock here, haven't you? He is a really dear friend of ours. We have fallen in love with Charles Stock. He's a beautiful man. He wrote Glow in the Dark. I don't know if you've seen his book. He does. He actually glows in the dark. And you'd want to glow in the dark if you're going to write a book on glow in the dark. You know, a theoretician's guide to, you know, walking with Jesus. <laughs> no, it's not. He's, he's not a theoretician. He's, he's, he's the real deal, Charles. And he has very generously um, uh, said, yes, he's going to come and do this Heart Revolution conference with us on the Gold Coast. And then we're going to run one in, this is in late October, about a month away. And we're going to run another one with a guy called Paul Manwaring from Bethel Church. Uh, in Redding, California, and Paul Manwaring's coming over to do a conference with us in Sydney uh, called The Heart Revolution. So it's something new the Lord's given us to do. It kind of flows out of these books that I've written. Uh, volume 3 and Volume 4 are coming. One's, next one's called The Heart Journey, and the one after that's called The Glory of God and Supernatural Transformation. Now, I've been immersing myself in the Scriptures to gain an understanding of supernatural transformation, how are we transformed from glory to glory? Because what I've noticed as a pastor and as a counsellor is that a lot of times people get stuck along the way and they reach a certain point and they just get stuck and they can't break through into the next level of their heart journey. And so I believe there are powerful biblical keys uh, for the transformation of our heart. And so um, so the heart journey and, and, and the other ones, the glory of God and supernatural transformation, they're hopefully both coming out next year. So... Um, also, uh, the, super, the Science of Supernatural Transformation, a four-volume set of CDs that I recently did. Uh, I called it The Science of Supernatural Transformation because the Latin word science, uh, from which the word, English word science comes, is scientia, and it just means knowledge. So really, it's the knowledge of supernatural transformation. And so obviously, a lot of Pauline theology in there because Paul's the the dude, when it comes to supernatural transformation. Um, also, the three-volume set from Maria, um, a vertical response, why we worship, strategic level worship and intercession, and ecstasy and intimacy. So that's a great set. So we've got a bunch of stuff out there in the bookshop if you're interested in grabbing some of that. Okay, now I've got a little bit of time <laughs> um, just to, to open up some, some of the Word of God with you. Let me just talk about uh, kingdom ministry for a little bit. Jesus was... Uh, very focused on releasing the kingdom of God. He said it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. So he was all about, you know, the kingdom of heaven coming to earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And everything that Jesus did in terms of the works of Jesus are what we call kingdom ministry. And so uh, 
in, in doing kingdom ministry, like healing the sick, casting out demons, etc., uh, preaching the gospel, he is manifesting kingdom authority because behind all of those expressions of kingdom ministry is the authority of the king. Now, it kind of helped him that he was the king. And so he had authority. And in fact, people marveled at the level of spiritual authority that Jesus manifested both in his teachings and also in the works that he did. And so kingdom authority is something that Jesus brought to earth. But then he starts to indicate to his disciples that he's going to confer that same authority on them to do exactly the same things that he did. And he actually said at one point, um, I confer on you a kingdom just as my father conferred one on me so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones. Luke 22, 29 and 30. He said, I've given you all authority over all the power of the enemy. I believe the authority that he's now handed to us is an unlimited authority because it's the same authority that he manifested when he was walking upon the earth because, as he says, you will sit on thrones. All of us are now seated together with Christ in heavenly places. And for those who overcome, Jesus said, to him who overcomes, I'll give to sit with me on my throne, even as I've overcome and I'm seated with my Father on his throne. Now that's a reality for you and I as believers. Is that not true? We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. However, we don't find that many Christians manifesting real kingdom authority that releases the kingdom of God on earth. And so the challenge for us is to learn how to step into the authority that God has already given to us in an unlimited fashion because he says, as the Father has conferred a kingdom on me, so I have conferred a kingdom on you. In the same manner, I've conferred a kingdom upon you. And so the challenge for us is to rise up and to walk in that radical kingdom authority. Because we've been given kingdom authority, we are all in training for reigning. All of us are training to learn how to rule and reign with Christ here on earth. This is where it matters. I mean, you know, it'll be be awesome in in the future when the Lord returns, but it's not going to matter then in the sense that this is where it matters. This is where we want to see the kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. And it takes authority to pull heaven down and release heaven on earth. In fact, every expression of pulling heaven down is kingdom authority in action. And so that's our goal as believers is to uh, be in training for reigning so that we can learn how to manifest radical kingdom authority in order to heal the sick, in order to heal broken hearts, in order to release the prophetic, in order to preach the gospel, um, in order to cast out demons and all the expressions of kingdom ministry. It takes a a lot of authority. And a lot of Christians never ever rise up into their authority. They just don't take authority. It's like, well, it doesn't sort of come naturally. It's kind of awkward and weird. But no, we've got to learn how to take our authority. We've got to learn how to step into who we are in Christ. And part of that is learning how to wield kingdom authority. Now, what I've realized is if we don't stand in our authority as, as believers, we leave an authority vacuum. And guess who steps into the authority vacuum? If we go back to the story of the Garden of Eden, we think about what happened in the Garden of Eden. 
Adam and Eve were given dominion and authority over God's green earth. And they were told to exercise dominion and authority. The enemy surreptitiously snuck into the garden, lied to them, seduced them. They succumbed to the seduction, the temptation of the evil one. And they gave their authority away on that day to the enemy. So the enemy came in and ruled and reigned over them. And it was a one-way street. It was irreversible but for the redemption that is in Christ. And so the whole history of humanity has been of history of humanity giving their authority away and never really being able to stand in their authority over principalities and powers and over all of the works of the enemy until Jesus comes and demonstrates extraordinary, unprecedented authority to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to do all the things that he was doing. And then he goes and gives that authority to his disciples and sends them out to do the very works that he did. And so he's giving that authority back to us, something which has never really been a feature of humanity, rather has been this sense of being under the dominion of the evil one, you know, where he has exercised rulership and, and influence over our lives to our ruin. So if we don't stand and if we don't rise up as believers and learn how to stand at our authority, we are giving our authority away still. So there's a sense in which we've got to learn how to switch our authority on as believers. And I want to look today with you, just in the last few minutes of this little um, short little mini micro-sermon, I want to look at the basis of our authority in the kingdom. Your authority is based upon your new core identity of sonship. The fact that you are now a son or a daughter means that God has shared his kingdom authority with his sons and his daughters. I want to look at Romans chapter 5, verse 17. I'll read it to you just to save a few moments there. The sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to reign over us. Romans talks about death reigning over us, the dominion of sin, you know, the, the evil one exercising dominion and authority. So through Adam... He sinned, he caused death to reign. But all who receive God's wonderful, gracious gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one man, Christ Jesus. Those who receive the gracious gift of righteousness will reign. This free gift of righteousness is the basis of our authority. It has to have some basis. And it's the fact that we've been made righteous in the sight of God. In this uh, book here, The New Creation Miracle, I've got a whole set of um, chapters that just open up this incredible reality of who we are from heaven's perspective. A lot of us don't really see ourselves as heaven sees us. And so as a result, we never really step into the fullness of our new creation identity. But the reality is... This verse here says that it's, it's because of the free gift of righteousness that we reign in life through Christ Jesus. Now, what is righteousness? Righteousness in the New Living Translation, every time the word righteousness appears, it says right standing before God. And you see, Jesus has eternally enjoyed absolute and perfect right standing before God. His righteousness has been transferred to us. He who knew no sin became sin in order that we may become the righteousness of God in Christ. And the focal point of this miracle of the new creation is your human spirit. 
See, your human spirit before you came to Christ was like a deep black hole. It was. It was like a vortex. Because we became self-centered instead of Christ-centered. See, when Adam was before the fall, he was just in love with God, in mystical union with God, and his spirit shone. He had a shining spirit because he was in union with God. The moment Adam and Eve fell, the day you eat thereof, you will surely die. They died spiritually. Their spirit became dead to God and alive to sin for the first time ever. And if you could see it in the spirit, you'd see a a bright shining sun just just dissolving into a black hole. Because that's where black holes come from, by and large. They come from suns that just basically imploded it on themselves and turned into a gravitational vortex. So anything goes anywhere near a black hole, just gets sucked straight in. And so the human spirit became like a black hole. Through the new birth, though, we pass from death to life. Our spirit is made alive because of righteousness. Romans chapter, seven, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 10, I think it is. I might actually have it here somewhere. Um, Our spirit is alive because of righteousness. Anyway, it's in there somewhere, Romans chapter 8. Your spirit is alive, and in the moment you're born again, you change from a black hole in your spirit man to a bright shining sun again. God switches on the light. Your spirit has been joined to his spirit. And if you could see that, you'd see this black hole just going exploding and so Paul says you shine like stars in the universe if we could see what God has done inside of us some of our prayers would change instead of asking God oh God I really want you to do this for me he'd say well actually I did it in the new birth you've just got to activate what I've already done stand in the reality of what I've already done and let me open your eyes so you see who you really are And part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is opening our eyes to to reveal who we are from heaven's perspective. How the Father now sees us as sons and daughters. And so Paul says, those who receive this gift of righteousness, perfect right standing before the Father, he says, will reign in life. And the word that he uses there for reign is um, um, basiluo. Now, if you know a little bit of basic Greek words, you might know that the word kingdom is basileia. Kingdom of God is basileia. Reign means to kingdom. No other way of putting it. You will kingdom. Those who receive the free gift of righteousness will manifest the kingdom. Because the kingdom has come within you. Jesus said that. The kingdom of God comes like a little seed sown in our heart. It's sown in there, but it's in there. And if we can learn how to activate our spirit, stand in our absolute perfect righteousness of Christ, in absolute right standing before the Father, know who we are as sons and daughters, we have the potential to manifest extreme kingdom stuff out of the middle of us, out of of our innermost being, rivers of life-giving water flowing out of our innermost being. Paul says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness which flows out of who we are in our spirit. This is incredible stuff. New creation stuff has got a hold of me. I tell you what, I'm just on a massive 
upgrade. And I've been listening to this stuff since the early 80s when I first started walking with the Lord. I got born again on some great, uh, in, introduced to some great new creation teaching. But it's, it's, it's gone to a whole new level. I'm, I'm possessed with this message right now. I really am. I just want to shout it from the rooftops. This is who you are. Now in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8, and I certainly need to stop in a moment, but I'll just quickly um, share one or two verses with you. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8. The Father, it says, to the Son, he says, that's the Father, to the Son, the Father says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever, and a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. That's interesting. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. Now, here's the deal. When you were born again, you became a king or a queen in the sight of God. That's why Jesus is called the King of Kings. We are a royal priesthood, we reign in life, and we have been given a kingdom, and we are kings and queens before God. And a scepter was placed in your hand the day you were born again. It was a scepter of the kingdom. It was a scepter of kingdom authority. The reality, though, is that a lot of times the enemy lies so full on into our, into our hearts that he's continuously just condemning us and accusing us and robbing us of really taking a hold of what it means to be the righteousness of God in him. Much of my counselling work that I do with people is helping them get back in touch with new creation realities. Because what happens is the enemy comes in and just slams them sideways and they lose the plot and they get so condemned and so accused that they don't realise who they are anymore. And I've got to say, well, hang on a minute, let's just back up here a little bit. Now, who are you? <laughs> you know? And this is a generic thing, and I, and I like doing this in, en masse too, because I think it's really helpful. Because I know that Christians battle a lot with condemnation. The reason Paul says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus is because you're not a sinner anymore, you're now righteous. Did you know that you are a partaker of the divine nature? Did you know that, according to Paul in, Roman, in uh, Colossians chapter 2, we, our hearts have been circumcised, the cutting away of your old sinful nature. Your spirit doesn't have a sin nature in it anymore, otherwise you couldn't be alive to God and dead to sin. Do you know being alive to God and dead to sin is actually a fact? It's not um, a theoretical state that we will consider to be theoretically somewhat sort of true until Jesus returns. No, get a load of this. Paul says... Our hearts have been circumcised when we believe. He calls it the cutting away of your sinful nature. I'll just read it to you. And I'll close with this because I'll run out of time. Um, Colossians chapter 2, verse 11. Now this is the New Living Translation. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead. That's your spirit. Your spirit was dead. Because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ and forgave all our sins. Now, I just want to focus on what God did in your spirit the day you were born again. 
Your spirit was alive to sin and it was dead to God. But in the moment of being born again, your spirit became alive to God and your spirit became 100% dead to sin. Paul calls it the cutting away of your sinful nature so that we can now be partakers of the divine nature. The essence of that divine nature is the free gift of God's righteousness to us so that we have absolute right standing from day one when we first get saved. It explains why someone who can come out of the worst background can get saved and come into an intimate relationship with their loving Heavenly Father on day one, theoretically. And I've seen people get saved, and man, they got, they got saved. <laughs> you know, they just got launched into this extreme, you know, on fire. I'm a believer now, you know. And suddenly they're taking a hold of who they are in Him. Because His righteousness has been transferred to us, and we're now partakers of His divine nature. And Paul talks, not Paul, the writer of Hebrews talks about the spirits of just men and women made perfect. The spirits of justified, made righteous, that's what that word means. Justified is the verb form of being made righteous. Having been made righteous, our spirit has been perfected in the sight of God. There's nothing more he can do for your spirit. He's raised it from the dead. He's joined it to Jesus. You had to actually do this in order to be able to join your spirit to Jesus. Because it, you know, your spirit could not be joined to Jesus if it was defiled by sin. So he's done this miracle. And I want to just focus just for the last minute or two on this, this scepter of righteousness. When you were born again, a scepter was placed in your hand. But you've got to learn how to pick that scepter up. You've got to learn now how to take your place as a born again human being. And you've got to learn how to hold that scepter. I mean, when a king comes into his coronation, a crown is placed on his head. He's seated upon a throne. He's anointed with oil. And he's given a scepter. These are the defining attributes of a king. You were anointed with oil. Hebrews chapter 1. Jesus has been anointed with the oil of bliss, it says, above his companions. The oil of joy. And so he, you know, we've been anointed with oil, we've been crowned, we've been given a scepter, we've been seated upon a throne. But it still remains for us to rise up and learn how to walk in that radical kingdom authority. And out of that, the kingdom within, out of that, um, the reality of the kingdom being in you, we can now potentially release the kingdom to the extent that Jesus did. We've got to believe that. I mean, anything less than that is just selling out to what the Bible is all about. And how do we therefore release the kingdom of God? Part of the the journey is discovering who we are in Christ and realizing a scepter has been placed in our hand. We've got to learn how to bang down that scepter and exercise kingly authority and rule. And we start with our own heart by drawing a circle around ourselves and ruling within that circle, bringing your mind under the rulership of your spirit bringing your emotions under the rulership of your spirit and bringing your will under the rulership of your spirit because your spirit is joined to the Lord and you reign. And you can now bring the reign of his kingdom into your own personal life and exercise authority within your personal life and then as we journey on, we can actually widen that sphere so that everywhere we go, we carry the kingdom. We actually release the kingdom of God just as Jesus released the kingdom. Let's stand.
wish I had more time. (laughs) Father, I thank you for this amazing company of people. I thank you that the seed of the kingdom has been sown into the hearts of every person in this room. If you're not saved, you need to get saved, even today. If you're here because someone's brought you and you're not yet born again, probably a good time would be today to give your life to Jesus. But I'm assuming most of you here are believers. And so, Father, I pray for every person here in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would just release a cascading spirit of revelation over us, Lord, as we feast upon the revelation of the new creation and that you would open this revelation up to us, Lord, and you would reveal that you have seated us upon a throne You've placed a scepter in our hand. You've anointed us with the oil of the Holy Spirit and you've crowned us with your glory, Lord. You've put your glory in us and you've put your glory upon us and that we are a royal priesthood. We are sons and daughters of the living God. We have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Your spirit is 100% alive to God. Your spirit is 100% dead to sin. Paul says, reckon yourself to be dead to sin and alive to God. God has carved out a sanctuary right in the center of your heart. And he has enthroned himself upon your human spirit. Father, I pray, Lord, for the revelation of the new creation to come strong upon every one of us, Lord, that we would just be impacted by this reality of what you did in us the day we believed when heaven invaded earth. This is heaven invading earth 101. Heaven invading earth is not just about the believers rising up to release signs and wonders and to cast out demons and to do the kingdom stuff. Heaven invading earth is what happened to you the day you believed in Jesus. Heaven came down and glory filled your soul that day you believed in him. Father, we thank you for the revelation. More Lord. Hey, we just call down a spirit of revelation over us right now. Paul prayed for a spirit of revelation, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. You know, there is a lot more revelation for us to receive yet into the new creation because the enemy tries to lock us down in condemnation and accusation. But Paul says, who is it that accuses? It is God who justifies. Where is the voice of the accuser now? God has justified us and made us right before him. And I want to decree over every single one of you. You have the kingdom of God within you now. And you can release the kingdom everywhere you go. You can release the love, the glory, the peace, the love, and the joy of the Holy Spirit. Everywhere you go, you can release that. And we can start with our own hearts just by beginning to exercise kingdom authority over our own sphere. And then go on to release the kingdom everywhere we go. Thank you, Father. Yeah, I felt like um, there were people here who have been believing that they've been separated of, from the love of God. And, um, and God just wants to um, have like a, a rejoining with you today. Not that there has been a separation because there hasn't been, as Phil so beautifully just preached it. But just coming back into the reality of the oneness that you actually already have in Christ is what God wants, the, the correction, course correction that he wants to bring to our hearts today because the minute we partner with anything else, we're partnering with a lie, you know. 
God is for us, therefore who can be against us? Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. And today, heaven is open wide, and we can just receive the Father's love. You know, it's his good pleasure to give you everything today. It's his good pleasure to pour the kingdom into you. And he has an encounter for you today. Do you know, I just think there's, there's just, um, there's religion and there's normal Christianity. And in normal Christianity, we encounter the Father, the Son, and the Spirit every single day. He has an encounter for you today. And, and we just want to open it up. If you're like, man, I'm just like so dry. I can't even remember the last time I encountered the Lord or just even I had an encounter yesterday, but I'm starving for a new encounter today. Come on out the front. Just find some carpet space today and get before the Lord. We're just going to worship for a bit. And um, I don't know what time these guys want to shut it down. But if you have to leave, we release you to go. We bless you as you go today. But, you know, today is a day to be taken up in the love of the Father. To actually encounter his love means that, whoa, I'm not going to be the same when I walk out of this building. It means that I'm actually going to see something feel something and know something in the depths of my spirit and my soul. You know, Phil was talking about how our spirit's been made perfect, but our soul is being renewed day by day. And he's renewing us. He's renewing our mind, our will and our emotions. Some of us here need to get our thinking in line. Some of us need to take authority over our will. And some of us need to tell our emotions just to stop it. And, you know... Some of us need to get emotional. There's all these adjustments that he's always making within the soul part of our being. And when we do that, when we come into relationship, he makes those course corrections inside of us. And then we can begin to encounter him because you were created for encounter. You were created for the experience of love, not the concept of love. It's a wonderful concept. But he wants you to experience love today. He wants you to experience what he paid for on the cross, which is the actual warmth, the actual acceptance, the actual knowing of how beautiful you are before him today. And that, he, he, that oneness is real. It's just it's a reality. When you have oneness in your, in your heart with the Lord, you're, you're blissed out. You know, we... It, you can tell when someone just is in love with Jesus, can't you? Because they just walk around, they're just like blissed. They're just like in love, you know? It would be really strange if on a wedding day, a man and a woman were standing at the altar and they were just like looking really, you know, glum. When you're in love, you're all like shiny and alive. And he wants to ignite our hearts afresh today with love so that we can encounter him. And some of us need to shake off the shackles of religion today. Whatever's coming against you, even if it's like spiritual oppression, just put your hands on your heart or somewhere, lay hands on yourself today. For goodness sakes, let's lay hands on ourselves today and take authority over whatever is robbing us from the encounter that we were born for today. I was born for an encounter today. I was born for increase and and just the beauty realm of heaven. Heaven is actually wide open to me today and nothing is stopping me eating and drinking at his table. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing is stopping you eating and drinking with him today. He says, I'm knocking. 
Let me in and let's have some dinner together. Let's eat together. Let's drink together. Let's enjoy the fruit of my labor on the cross is intimacy, oneness with him. So, Father, we just say yes to that today. We say, come Holy Spirit and just break shackles in this place today. Whoa, just cut us free from lies. We just speak to deception that's tried to take over our minds in any place. We break that off. We break unbelief. We break the old lies, Lord, that come back to distort the knowledge of God and the knowledge of who we are in you. And we fix our gaze today on truth. We fix our gaze on heaven. That Jesus, this is what you paid for. Whoa, this is what you paid for. Let's just lift up our voices and pray in the spirit. We're going to do like self-ministry today because there's not enough time for everyone to get an impartation from every person. <laughs> you know, just pray. Lord, break break chains. Whatever you need to pray right now, just pray it. Break lies. Just renounce the lie that God isn't for you or Lord, I just cut myself off from the idea that I, I can't have a fresh encounter. Whatever it is, just speak it out right now and just stir up your spirit into the truth today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just release your love over these amazing sons and daughters today, God. That the love of the Father would permeate body, soul, and spirit today. Oh, Jesus, permeate us with the wine of heaven today. Permeate us in your love today, Lord. We just break the voice of the accuser right now. We break it off every mind, every pernicious lie, every accusation against you, every voice of condemnation and accusation. I break that right now in the authority of the name of Jesus. We choose to stand under the word of God. The Holy Spirit preaches and testifies with our spirit that we are sons and daughters of the living God. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit, to call out the treasure of the new creation, of who you are, not as a theoretical state, but as an actual reality. So I speak to lies of condemnation and accusation that have locked you down in any way and have held you Holding you under. It's almost like an image of being held underwater by the enemy where we just, we're trying to come up for breath. But I believe that God is wanting to just wholesale break off all accusation and condemnation off the people of God. Paul says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Who is it that accuses? It is God who justifies. And he has overcome the accuser of the brethren. We've overcome the accuser through the blood of the Lamb. We decree the covering of His blood right now. And we decree the new creation miracle. We decree that if any man or woman is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things have indeed passed away and all things have become new. And I want to decree once again over you, the work that God has done in your spirit is a finished work. You can be confident of that. He's brought your spirit to completion and he did it miraculously when he invaded your heart the day you believed. But the work, of the, the, the work in your soul is a far from completed work. He who began a good work is faithful to complete it. And he's working within our soul to bring our soul into conformity with what he's already done in our spirit. Our spirit is literally light years ahead of our soul. 
And our soul is on this catch-up where we're trying to bring our mind into, um, you know, just being renewed in our mind to catch up with the reality of what's going on inside of our spirit. But Father, I thank you that you are breaking the power of accusation. You are breaking the power of the voice of the accuser. And we command that voice to be silent. And we choose to tune into the voice of God as God speaks life, as God calls out the treasure of who we are in Him. We turn our radio dial off radio condemnation and we turn it on to radio glory, (laughs) the radio channel of the glory of God's voice being spoken relentlessly over our spirits that we are alive to God. We are alive to God. We are gloriously and 100% alive to God through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, magnify the work that you have done already in our human spirit. Magnify and reveal and unveil the glory of the new creation in Christ Jesus. And Father, create a place of freedom in our hearts that we can step into that sanctuary, that we can go into our inner room and stand in the sanctuary that you've created at the center of our heart and step into that sanctuary of intense peace, intense love, intense glory. The kingdom of God is within you. It is within you now through the new birth. to you. We give you praise. We give you thanks, Lord. Turn our gaze to you, Jesus. We glorify you. Keep worshipping and uh, Phil and Maria are just going to